course, leading to all kinds of comment and questions. I've got to get my instruction sheet here. Oh, yeah. I'll be right back. Come on now, who of us is perfect? Okay, uh, the topic for next week is entitled, How Have Artists Dealt with Political Issues in the Modern Age? The speaker is Kenneth Allen. Uh, if I read this correctly, he's uh, at the University of Lethbridge. And my wife will think this is actually a very interesting topic, as will some of the rest of you. Um, how about a round of applause for the staff at Country Kitchen Catering who provided us a nice lunch. Uh, my crib sheet here says uh, to remind you that uh, any upcoming sessions can be found or seen on the website, which is sacpa.ca. There's a suggestion box outside. If any of you have comments or suggestions, that would be great. Um, this sheet says I'm to ask you to state your name when you come up to ask a question or make a comment. I have never agreed with that policy. My good friend Gordon Campbell insisted on it, and I, I as I was thinking about that today, uh, I've never gotten into a philosophical discussion with him about that issue, and darn it, he's not here today. Uh, so I don't like to speak ill of the absence, but uh, my view is the inference that you're supposed to give your name suggests that if you're an important person, your question is more important, and if you're less important, like some of the rest of us, then that question is less important. You're welcome to give your name if you wish. My own view is giving your name diminishes from your comment and takes and detracts from the speaker. So there you go, okay? Uh, outside on the table, our uh, uh, Cosmos uh, wrote what to me is an absolutely fascinating paper entitled A Roadmap for a Comprehensive Energy Policy. And uh, if you're at all interested, you're welcome to take a copy or more. Uh, I think it's just a fantastic paper. <laughs> As, uh, as a follow-up to that, uh, Cosmos was uh, asked, or at least 
uh, allowed to participate in a workshop in Calgary where there are a number of oil people and government policy people. And in preparation for that, he produced uh, a paper entitled, uh, it says, Memo, Optimizing Energy Production and Consumption. And so there are copies of that paper out there if you're uh, at all interested. It's four pages. And then the other day, or a couple of weeks ago, I was looking for some electric lights, got into a discussion with a guy at the light shop, and uh, we got talking about nuclear, and he said his concern about nuclear was waste disposal. And uh, so I got a hold of my good friend Cosmos, and I said, do a paper on waste disposal. And uh, how long, you know, well, you know the issue. So here's a fact sheet that he has so kindly prepared entitled Spent Fuel from Nuclear Power Plants. You might find that interesting if that's an issue that's uh, been on your minds. Uh, we will now ask Cosmos to come back up, and I should uh, inform you. Keep in mind, I am married to a lady of Greek ethnicity, and they have some weird uh, customs in that country. This gentleman here, if you're referring to him, you refer him to him as Cosmos. If you are speaking directly to him, you call him Cosmo. So Cosmo, would you please come back and take the whatever. Oh uh, yeah, the mic's up there and I hope there's a lineup of people to make comment and question. Hello. Are we on? You're on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my name is Henning Mundell. Ralph, I'm not afraid. Good day, Henning. Efrasto, Cosmo, but that's the extent of my Greek. Um, while we have the pamphlets, of course, most of us have not had the benefit of reading your pamphlets and uh, pamphlet or those papers. Your topic was sustainability. If you were given carte blanche for developing the future energy profile for Canada, what kind of a combination do you think of different energy sources, proportion-wise, you like numbers, would you see in that as energy sources for the future for Canada? Well, first of all, the different provinces have different strengths of some of the technologies. So whatever you apply for, for instance, Quebec, you would not apply in Alberta. But uh, if I had the card blanks, the way I would do for Alberta, I suppose, it would be immediately to change the regime of subsidies to the windmills and so keep subsidizing them, but to produce hydrogen. We are consuming one billion liters of hydrogen a day up in the tar sands to upgrade our bitumen into crude oil. And the windmills can beautifully meet that need. That will tell the world that our oil is heading to be clean, the cleanest exists. Then I will start with the small nuclear plants to assist 
with the electricity and with the hydrogen because nuclear plants can produce also heat which enhances the electrolysis process of the hydrogen. Would I go with the hydrogen era? No, but I will go in that direction quite a bit because the next step would be to use hydrogen and carbon capture from the CC carbon capture process and synthesize synthetic fuels just as cheap as buying them out of the ground and perpetuate that, uh, that for a while until we develop and finalize synthetic fuels by getting um, the, high, the CO2 from the atmosphere and combine it with hydrogen we produce and continue the same engine cars to perpetuity for at least a few thousand years with plenty of energy without cutting a standard of living. Does it answer your question? Thank you very much. My name is Van Christou. It doesn't threaten me either to say that. Um, may I preface my remarks by saying uh, how much I enjoyed your talk today, Cosmo. Uh, I've never heard that concise and factual uh, presentation of a very complex problem in my life before. Um, I, uh, I think that we're very fortunate to have that kind of information at this forum. Uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, my my uh, question is related to the nuclear reactors that we have and the fact that uh, perhaps we should be concentrating now, ahead of time, on doing major studies on improving the reactors themselves and reducing the, the amount of, of uh, waste that comes from them and, uh, and generally doing real f major research, although I understand that some corporations are doing research in this direction. Um, I wonder, my question is, I wonder if we shouldn't be spending public funds to do this properly at our major universities. If it is going to be done in universities, the answer is yes. If you're going to subsidize private industry, my answer would be no. Nothing subsidized survives or is sustainable. But the industry can cope. But provided, like right now we have a company up the Bruce Power that they would build a power plant at their own cost. They want to know if they can sell the electricity after they, uh, they complete the job. Now, what's happening is there is a free market here in Alberta. Anybody can go and build the plant and negotiate to sell the power. But after you have built it, nuclear plant, if it's going to live for 60 years, you pay up front 80 years expenses. And that is a disadvantage, but, but produces so much power in the first 15 to 20 years it has paid out itself. So you have 40 years of cost cow. The problem is that if you have a free market and they, they don't know if they can sell the power, how can someone invest billions of dollars to build the plant and take a risk? And they don't. So they want to have more and more, like if I build it, if you tell Bruce Power today that yes, you build the plant, I will buy your power at six, eight, whatever, it's a kilowatt hour, they will build it and they will spend the money because they make, they make lots of money in Ontario. They sell five cents a kilowatt hour for, five, for, uh, for wholesale price in Ontario. And the government is talking about 80 six cents from solar power per kilowatt wholesale price it's maddening
Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. My name is Joseph Nutuk. Uh, thank you for the good presentation. Uh, I have uh, I agree with you. Uh, uh, I was going to say 100%, but not quite. <laughs> My, uh, the questions I have, we talk about all these energy uh, benefits and disbenefits and costs and benefits. Now, one of the things that we always forget, I think, I think we do, at least the general public, I think, doesn't appreciate the fact that it costs money, energy, to produce whatever it is, whether it's wind power, we have to use energy to produce the windmills, and we need energy to produce biofuels, we need energy to produce nuclear plants. Now, I haven't really seen a benefit-cost analysis that tells us how much we're really spending with at the bottom line, what is really worth, and I'm thinking specifically of the environment, and, and by environment and ecosystems, I mean people, you know, the health impacts and this, the benefits, this benefits of all these uh, these activities. So is there, a, is there kind of a, you're not going to be able to answer that, I don't think, but I would like you to give us some indication, at least me, some indication of what, what, how much we're missing in this, this whole area of, uh, of uh, the, the benefits and disbenefits. Thank you. Well, this is what I meant. You have to have the full picture from birth to death of every energy. You have to be aware of the benefits and subtract the disadvantage of it. Cradle to, gra to, to cradle. Is cradle, cradle, to cradle, cradle to death. Cradle to death, yes. That, no, that's no, not death, but cradle to cradle. This is what I heard last week. Okay. Um, for instance, um, look at the carbon capture technology as an example. Last week was Dr. Lawson here, and he presented a very spectacular paper, and I learned a lot about it. Since we were sitting on the same table, I, met he, I gave him a question that nobody has asked in the room before. I said, you are a specialist geologist. How much saline um, substance is underground, and how many years can we continue pumping the carbon capture down, down in the earth? How many years? His answer was shocked me. I was suspecting, but I was not sure. He said, well, look, it's a bridge technology. All it will give us is a window of 50 years. So here we have a wonderful technology, which we're using, which is fine, but it is good on the ramp of the 50 years. We cannot sell it as a dead and gold to, to meet after several years. So that's good. I mean, it's a wonderful technology. We should go ahead, and I think the government did the right uh, choice. But that's not enough. What we have to do a lot more or stop talking about it. Hi, I'm Benjamin Lavery-Stone. Thank you very much for your talk, Cosmo. I guess I have uh, two points. One is, um, when you were mentioning the wind, the problems with wind energy, with the gusting and so on, um, you neglected to talk about the storage capacity for wind energy. And actually, 30 years ago in California, uh, some very good batteries were developed by an inventor. 
and this battery technology was bought by the oil companies, so it couldn't come onto the market. But there are there are battery possibilities that would be there to store the wind, and I very I did like your idea of using the wind energy to um, to power the electricity for cars. I thought that was a that was a neat idea. Um, using your your cradle to cradle cradle to grave technology. I'd like I'd like to mention that um, with nuclear power, if you if you calculate in all the expenses that are used to make the nuclear reactors, it's actually negative. So nuclear power should not be on your spreadsheet at all, just by virtue of your cradle to cradle. Would you like to comment? Sure. Um, the first part of your question was uh, the batteries. Can you see Canada consumes 268 kilowatt hours per day per person? Can you see that power coming out of batteries? Do you know that if I had to charge, people are talking about uh, energy storage. And it is good. It, it is feasible in concept. But look at the, someone has to take the details and try to make them work. If I had to have a windmill to produce my power, I will have to have, since it produces 30%, I have to have three windmills to produce my power for one windmill. Then I have to have another three windmills to produce the energy that will store so I can have it run to store. So I have three times the windmills and I have to pay the storage and the batteries. You know how much waste there is in the environment of the batteries? You pay $5 to leave a battery of your car with the store. How much it would be the, the batteries of all the batteries to store that much power? Yeah, in theory it works, but in practice it does not. If I have to tackle the nuclear question, uh, I would not be so sure that things are the way you have heard them. Um, nuclear power, Bruce Power, is producing five cents a kilowatt hour, and they are making an enormous amount of income. So why should it not be, I mean, it produces in Ontario 50% of the electricity. Why should it not be on the spreadsheet? Take it great uh, 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 birth to cradle, and you will see that it makes an enormous amount of sense, and that's why it's important. It adds up. The only thing is you have to consider all the features of all the energies and all the alternatives before you learn to appreciate something that is better than the other. And I disagree with you that it doesn't make it, and there are lots of misconceptions, and there are and it's a technology that it is still in its infancy. Some people classify it as a Model T in comparison to cars. You don't throw away the baby with the baby bath. Yeah, it has some problems, and it has had some problems, but the normal trade we're using is work with it, and work with it until you make it work. So you don't throw it away. You don't throw away. We cannot afford to throw away any energy, especially an energy that can give us an enormous amount of power for long periods of time. My name is Frances Schultz. I was sorry to hear you negating the 
possibilities of effect of individual efforts to, to make changes because part of the problem that we face is caused by our excessive use of in our lifestyle of energy, etc. And and I think that personally we, we need to stop expanding our, all of the things that we buy and that we use and that we demand of society. Anyway, but the, apart from that, my question is, you did not mention solar cells, and solar cells have really improved incredibly in the last uh, period of time, and I want you to answer that, please. Okay. Um. You are quite right, but you have that we consume a lot more energy than we need to. But you have to differentiate between the energy that we use in useful purposes to maintain a standard living and improve our standard living, and the energy we waste by not doing the right thing. So there are two different things. You have to balance there. Traditionally, economy and energy and standard of living have gone hand-to-hand, and lately we have found out that we have to add environment in order to maintain that, otherwise it's not sustainable. And it is healthy to reduce it and become more efficient. I would concentrate more to using energy more efficiently rather than reducing the amount of energy. If we use it more efficiently, we will reduce it. It will come down, but in about... Five, ten years, we'll get back to this. Right now, there is more people in the world that strive to meet our standard of living, and they're working towards it, and they're increasing the energy demand leaps and bounds. Do we have a right to stop them on ethical reasons, on economic reasons? Now, let me get to the solar panels. Solar panel comes an enormous amount... Pardon me? Not solar panels, solar cells. Solar cells, okay. Well, there are pretty much the same, is it not? Solar panels are made up of solar no, no, okay, well, that's how you interpret it. So, but no, there are solar panels that produce electricity. Solar, solar cells, there is a lot, of, the lady is correct, there is a lot of sun coming down to give us all the power that we could ever use. But we cannot convert it into electricity at the rate. We can convert only about 10%. Now, the sun... As it hits the Earth, it comes maximum the equator, but up here we get only a third of a day's worth of, of energy. If we had now solar panels, I've tried. Myself, I'm, I'm all, I own some solar panels, and I try to use them on, to, in my boat to, to sort of get the refrigerator. I need six solar panels, 200 watt each capability, in close to the equator to power one refrigerator that I have on the boat. They don't have the... The other thing you got to realize, to make a solar panel, we consume 13 years of energy that the solar power will produce. And the solar power is good for 20 years. The other thing you got to know that the solar panels are, you can't throw them after 20 years, they're good. You have to dispose them in a controlled way. They have volatile materials, explosive materials, and very high pollutant uh, content. 
The other thing you have to realize for solar panels is that you have to get up to the roof and wash them every week, otherwise it, the, the efficiency is dropping. How many people are going to fall from the roofs and get hurt in doing that? So if you, I mean, you ha if you have to have from birth to cradle, you have to have everything and look at it. Now, is it bad? No. Solar panels are not bad. I'm using them and they're good, but they have the high efficiency application. When people think to sort of solve the world's problem with solar panels, I would prefer instead of subsidizing the use of an, an efficient energy to subsidize the research and development to improve the energy. That makes sense. Because then, like we, in Europe, if you notice, in, in 22 years ago, they, they, after the Chernobyl accident, they all got so scared that they decided to close all the nuclear plants and go green. So they did. So what they have done now, like dominoes, they keep back and stop the development. Germany is still going 60% coal. And what do you think has happened with the economy in Europe lately? Have you seen what's happening? What has caused that? If the price of energy goes up, everything goes up and the product that you export goes down. It is not magic. Finish up. You're done on that. Yep. Two, two more questions I suspect is all for which we have time. Cosmo, thank you so much for this vital issue. Um, in my lifetime, the world population has doubled, and apparently it's going to go up another 3 billion. And consequently, the uh, energy consumption has gone up accordingly. Um, this relates to the previous question. Um, uh, I think you should emphasize it again. Uh, uh, do you think that we can produce enough energy safely for the entire global needs without compromising our existence. If we had 50 years and we could just try to get to the thorium cycle of the nuclear plants where they don't, or to get the nuclear plant to rotate the same, because when your nuclear plant puts the fuel in, when you take it out, all you have burned is 1% of the fuel, the other 99% is there, and you have that problem, so if you can reprocess it, put it back and burn it, reprocess it, put it back and burn it, and at the end it leaves very little to worry about, you see, to 500 years, and you're fine. So, to eliminate that problem, that's care of the long-term West. Unfortunately, my industry, the industry, nuclear industry, doesn't look at it yet because it's cheaper to go and, and get fresh fuel. But eventually, they will come around to see the light of that. But uh, some people, they have done it, and they, they're going the right direction. Um, like in France, they have done. So, if you had to do it that way, and you add quite a bit of nuclear power where it is good, but then that's not enough. You have to use power to generate the synthetic fuels to get the the, uh, the the recycling of the CO2 to be able to take care of your of your transportation needs, and you have to be able to synthesize to get all your petrochemicals that you need. Then, yeah, it, 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 it can be held with that. But then again, we have an obligation to stop the waste. That's not very good to have the waste, even if we can afford to do it. It should. It's not sustainable. Okay, because other countries are coming out to reach a standard, we don't want them to try to emulate the same waste. So we want to set the best example and cut down our expenses. So it's healthy to do that. Uh, but yeah, we have, we have enough fuel to run our economies for a few thousand years along those lines. Last question. 
or comment. Uh, thank you for your enlightening presentation, Cosmo. And uh, Ron Wren was speaking, but that's not my real name. <laughs> and uh, I wonder if you could comment about uh, ethanol uh, production and if there's anything in, say, fermenting cellulose or anything like that for us. On the biofuel side, uh, I used to think up to a little while ago that it was... Um, the, the many people come and they will say, look, I have made ethanol, it is, can, clean, it can burn clean. Fine. What kind of process did you use to make it to start with? Was it clean? You have emitted enormous amount of CO2 in the air, then you come and you came that it's clean to burn. Well, fine. But as a total process, it doesn't cut it. But lately has come this bacteria that they call the algae that they can form some fuel, and it seems to have some promise in results. It's not like some uh, uh, some airlines are developing right now some fuel for the air transport jet fuel to make it that way. So I I don't think you can ever stop developing energy uh, technologies because we need them and always we will need them if we're going to maintain a standard of living. So yes, it's a good one and I think we to pursue it further. It is not a panacea, though, that can solve all the problems that we have. Here we're looking to solve the problem, a very big problem, and we say each one energy can solve that much of the problem. Noon asks to be able to ask the last question. How can I possibly deny it? Thank you very much, Ralph, for allowing me. Cosmos, uh, Drawing on your experience designing the power grid in Taiwan, could you give your opinion upon Alberta spending somewhat maybe $15 billion over the next 10 years on the power grid? Well, first of all, the power grid issue I'm in favor of it because it allows power to be produced anywhere and to be transmitted everywhere, increases competitiveness and decreases the price and allows other technologies to participate. Uh, having said that, though, many people think that from Lethbridge we can transmit power to Calgary or to Edmonton. It doesn't work because the windmills are limited to the 200 kilowatt, though the rest of the grids are to 500 kilowatt. And um, we have a step, the, the switch station is up in uh, North uh, Lethbridge, and you cannot go up the step there. That is, you, you waste a lot of energy to do that. In, in, in Taiwan, they had a problem where they had the low-level industrial um, uh, production, like soy and this type of thing, and they, wanted, they were worried that mainland China, with this massive amount of cheap labor, were getting into that field. And they said, well, what will do? I mean, we can't compete against them. So I was working, I said, well, go to another level of energy, of technology, so that you can be ahead of them. And then keep, don't go all the way up, just go one step at a time and keep ahead of them. So this, but we need energy, and they can stop the energy for us, the supplies, political or militarily. And that's where we try to get uh, to develop a system that we sort of have enough storage to carry them for about two years, whatever that happened, the energy. Okay. 
just a final comment. I presume a good number of you watched the uh, Chilean mine rescue situation. Uh, one of the things that I found interesting is a lot of people are concerned about the safety of nuclear. And uh, leaving Chernobyl aside, uh, I know of only, well, Chernobyl and military uh, incidents, I know of only a handful of people who have died in the nuclear industry in the last 60 years. And I was astounded uh, when I was watching on the Chilean, uh, that mine situation, that uh, it was reported that there are 12,000 deaths annually from mining, 7,000 of which are from coal. And I simply don't understand people who are concerned about what might happen with nuclear and yet say nothing about what goes on every day in the coal mining business. I think we all agree. Thanks to Cosmos. Thank you.